Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Cargo Facts Connect, the newsletter of record for the air cargo and freighter aircraft industries for over 40 years. I'm Charles Kaufman, Senior Editor of Cargo Facts, and this is our weekly wrap for what's happening in the industry for the week that ended April 4th. And before we begin, I'd like to thank our sponsors and advertisers, 321 Precision Conversions, Ancra International, AEI, C-Cubed Aerospace, EFW, ULDRentals.com, and IPR Conversions. I'm pleased to be joined today by Jeff Lee. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Charles. It is April 5th, 2021, and the through line running through many of our stories this past week was that the market for medium wide-body freighters is still on fire. Both Boeing and Israel Aerospace Industries have recently added conversion capacity, and still it is not possible to induct 767-300 until well into 2022, unless a conversion slot has already been reserved. The size category isn't only popular with Express and within Express and e-commerce networks, uh, two operators looking to add the 767 platform include all cargo carrier CargoLogic Air and combination carrier Ethiopian Airlines. Just to recap a few stories from this past week published on CargoFacts.com, CargoLogic Air is looking to add up to four freighter converted 767-300s over the next couple of years. Ethiopian Airlines plans to convert two of its own 767-300ERs and add the 767 freighter platform to its fleet of nine 777s and three 737-800s. Turkish ACMI and specialist carrier MNG Airlines ordered two A330-300 conversions with EFW. And last but not least, we also found out that Amazon is going to place two of its owned 767s with Canada-based cargo jet once those are redelivered as freighters later this year. So that does leave about seven more Amazon um, CMI placements. Most of those will be redelivered in 2022. And so we should... Um, find out more about where those are going as, as the re-deliveries um, near. And we'll return to some of these headlines in a moment, but Jeff, what are some of the factors making medium wide bodies popular with a growing operator base? I think it varies for different carriers, but I mean, generally, especially these days, I think we can say it's that 767 feedstock is, is relatively cheap. Um, if you can find some, but I mean, they're cheap and compared, especially compared to new built 767 freighters and, and even 777 freighters. Um, I mean, and they also have the right mix of, of range and payload performance. Um, and, you know, in some cases like CLA, for example, this is really interesting because they, they are obviously a, an all 747 operator right now. And they, we know that they had been looking to, to expand with more 747s, and that would be, I think, their first choice. But given Brexit and given the difficulty in finding 747s, they are now looking at the 767 platform, which actually opens up you know, more opportunities for them, um, especially with e-commerce traffic in, in Europe and transatlantic. Uh, and the transatlantic market, for example, and that putting the 767s on these lanes would 
enable them to shift uh, the 747s back to the Asia Europe uh, market, which they, I mean, they do want to expand in that market as well. With other carriers like Ethiopian, for example, um, they have just a small enough three 767 300s left in their fleet. And we know that they want to expand their, their cargo fleet. And it's interesting actually with the Ethiopian because they they actually join just a very small group of combination carriers with 767-300 freighters. LATAM recently ordered up to eight more conversions. They're, they're the largest operator of the 767, largest combination carrier with uh, 767 freighters. They, they already have 11. ANA uh, has five, Uzbekistan Airways has two, and Asiana and Qantas and Royal Air Maroc each have one. Um, Air Canada and Iceland there, we know, will be joining this group shortly. Um, but Ethiopian would actually be the first one with an IAI conversion. All of the others have either production 767 freighters or the Boeing BCF conversion. That's an, that's an interesting point. Why do you think Ethiopian is working with IAI in, instead of Boeing? I mean, it is pretty interesting. I mean, given the relationship between Boeing and Ethiopian, but maybe the timeline is a was a key consideration because, as you were saying, we know that slots are all you know pretty fully booked until next year. But and this is why it's also interesting that Ethiopian will be converting these these 767s at their own MRO facility in Addis. Now, we don't know whether the, this was because purely because of, of slot constraints at IAI's other facilities in, in Mexico and Tel Aviv. Um, but, you know, we know that the first one will be inducted this year, later this year. And they will also be the first freighter jets to be converted in Africa at all. So it is interesting, and we will we'll have to see whether this means that IAI is, is opening a longer-term conversion line in Africa, because we do know that the, that facility is, is one of the largest in Africa, and there might be additional interest in freighted, in, well, yes, in freighted inverted 767s from the regions, other operators in the region. Um, we know Astral, for example, likes having the 767 and, and might want to, to add more. That's a, that's a good point. And I, I guess in thinking about these, these conversion orders, I'm reminded of, of the, uh, you know, the, the large volume of narrow body conversion orders and, and transactions that we've reported on cargo facts, uh, you know, in, in, in recent months, How, what would you say is, is different about, you know, some of these, these recent medium wide body conversion orders, uh, if we compare them to, to the narrow body freighter conversion orders. One point, I guess, is that less sores with the narrow bodies, they were mostly, if not all of them, were involving the uh, the less sores as opposed to the operators themselves. But with many of these wide body transactions, it's the, the operators themselves um, or placing the order, which means that obviously these conversions are less well, they're not speculative in nature, whereas with the lessors, we know that some of them 
already had customers lined up, but others don't. And with these uh, wide-body orders, the our carriers are they're aware of the fact that they have to wait, and they don't mind having to wait, you know, one or two years. Um, and I guess in this market, the boy and the wait is is worth it in their opinion, and they would be white right, I guess. Um, and looking at the A330, for example, I mean, the M&G deal is pretty significant too, isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. In the sense that you know, for for EFW, the the um, company converting the aircraft, it does mark an additional um, order from from an operator. So um, you know, MNG is is will be the the latest operator to to add the type. Um, their first aircraft, a fourteen year old A three thirty three hundred, has already been inducted for conversion. The order itself uh, from MNG wasn't completely unexpected. Um, the the Turkey-based carrier operates a a single A330-200 production freighter, and and for many years has had more on on order. Um, had three more on order, I believe, at least until uh, December 2020, when this order disappeared from from Airbus's uh, order. Uh, order books and um, you know so at first it, it seemed you know like that that came as a, a a blow to Airbus but you know this is at least a, a conversion order for uh, for their their affiliate EFW um, back in in 2019 I believe it was MNG had told us that you know they were they were happy with the A330 200 production freighter but you know they they saw a lot of promise in the uh, the the freighter converted variant, and that they were they working at Airbus or working with Airbus to um, to tweak that order, and it looks like they have reached an agreement and they're moving forward with the the conversions instead. Uh, the carrier currently operates five A three hundred six hundred freighters, in addition to that A three thirty two hundred production freighter. So, you know, two will not replace those on a one to one basis. So I wouldn't be surprised to see additional conversion orders. Um, you know, of course, they could always lease in that capacity from some of the other lessors that have entered the space. Not all uh, conversion orders are, are currently uh, accounted for um, in terms of you know, where where the lessors will place those aircraft uh, upon redelivery. Um, but yeah, it's it's um, it's progress for for EFW and, and the A three uh, A three thirty. 300 conversion program. Looking ahead to to next week, what's on tap for 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 this next week, Jeff? I think we will continue to explore additional medium wide body transactions, um, and we'll also return to the the narrow body space uh, with potentially a few new orders and and significant transactions involving narrow body freighters. That is certainly true. Uh, well, that does it for, for today. Quite a few interesting stories this week. Uh, to those of you joining us on this edition of the Weekly Wrap, thank you. For more multimedia content like this, check out CargoFacts.com and also search CargoFacts Connect on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, Charles.